This is VLX number 57, which Bible translation is best? Today is a VLX interlude for the VLX series to the question, which translation of the Bible should I use? My answer today is basically, I don't care which translation you use, but I'm just gonna give you advantages and disadvantages to each Bible. Now you may have seen recently on YouTube, I put up a poll asking the VLX subscribers, which Bible do you use? In about 12 hours, there were 257 votes. There's probably more now. But here was the initial outcome. 60% of you said the Douay Rhymes Bible. 22% said the ESV or the RSV. That's the English Standard Version or Revised Standard Version. Probably the Catholic edition for both of those. 11% said the New American Bible. 2% said non-Catholic Bibles. And 5% said a Bible in another language, probably the people following this from a different country. Now, to explain to you the advantages and disadvantages of each of those Bibles that I just named, you have to understand the two competing philosophies of Bible translations. That is, formal equivalence and dynamic equivalence. You're going to see advantages and disadvantages to both of these also. So let's look at this big debate in the Bible translation world to see what people hold to. Formal equivalence translations. These are word-for-word -word translations of the Bible and other things. It's also called literal translations or complete equivalence translations. Now the advantage in this is that you get words in their original sense, but you lose idioms. Idioms are, of course, defined as a group of words established by usage as having a meaning not deducible from those individual words found in the, in the sentence. For example, rain, cat, and dogs in English, or see the light. If you put those into a Google Translate app, you may not get that it's raining. Um, an example of the Bibles that use formal equivalence translations is the Dewey-Rhymes Bible for Catholics and the King James Version for Protestants. Let's look at dynamic equivalence translations. These are translations that go for thought-for-thought thought or sense-for-sense sense translations. These are also called free translations or functional equivalence translations. The advantage is you get idioms of the original language correct since the translators have studied it. Again, idioms are of course defined as a group of words established by usage as having a meaning not deducible from each individual word. Again, rain, cats, and dogs, or see the light in English. You get these translated by people who studied the original meanings not just of words, but of sentences. Of course, the disadvantage to dynamic equivalence translations is that the importance of individual words can sometimes not be studied by the person reading the translation because the entire idiom is translated. An example of a Bible that uses the dynamic equivalence translation is the New International Version that Protestants, especially evangelicals, started to use in the 1980s. Let me give you an example of a non-biblical translation to give you an idea on if you personally might want a formal equivalence or a dynamic equivalent translation of the Bible. And again, you're going to hear there's advantages to both. So don't look at this through the eyes of morality at this point. We're going to consider a Spanish idiom, ponte las pilas. Ponte las pilas basically means get to work or work hard. But directly translated, it means put the batteries. Pila is battery in Spanish. So obviously the formal equivalence translation to ponte las pilas would be 
you put the batteries or put the batteries. Obviously, in that, the idiom is completely lost. The dynamic equivalence translation to ponte las pilas would be get to work or start paying attention. Now imagine that was a phrase in the Bible and the Bible was written in Spanish originally instead of Hebrew and Greek. The Douay Rhymes Bible would translate that as put you the batteries or put the batteries. You'd have no idea what it means. But the NIV, the New International Version, would say Jesus said get to work. Now here, the dynamic equivalence is more accurate. In other words, a dynamic translation captures the idioms of a language, not just the words. And you need the idioms, to be honest, to understand what is happening. On the other hand, if you get too deep into idioms, you can lose the supernatural side of each word, for each word is very, very important in the Bible. For example, you might want to do a word study on that word battery, which again is lost in a dynamic translation. Now I personally use the ESV, the English Standard Version Catholic Edition, because it's kind of a middle road between the NIV and the DRB. Let's use that Spanish batteries example. Maybe we could say the middle road between the two translations would be something like, pop your batteries in. Therefore, you keep the word battery to study, but you kind of get that something of an idiom is happening there, like work harder. Now, would a native English speaker understand a Mexican just saying to him, pop your batteries in? Maybe, but get to work would be better. At the end of the day, both formal and dynamic translations lose something. And that's exactly why I'm trying to teach you so much Greek in the New Testament in this VLX series. By studying the Greek, it gives you the opportunity to learn both what the Holy Spirit meant for you, word for word, formally, but we can also delve into the idioms that are specific to a culture at the human level, and that's why dynamic translations are so necessary. And grace builds on nature, so we have to understand the Bible not in an antiquated form, but as Christ would have spoken today, without sounding like he was in a time warp to the 17th century or the 1950s. That's ironically why we study the Greek and a little Latin and Hebrew, to see what he really meant for real people. Let's look at the advantages and disadvantages of different Bibles very specifically. The Douay Rhymes Bible. Let's talk about advantages. One of the advantages to the Douay Rhymes Bible is it is formed off the Vulgate. The Vulgate was translated by St. Jerome from Greek to Latin in the 4th century. And the Vulgate is promoted by the Council of Trent as the most authoritative Catholic Bible. Another advantage is the footnotes will have no heresy. This is what is used in the 1962 Missal. Also, another advantage is it has all of the books of the Bible. Disadvantages to the Douay Rhymes Bible is this. Unlike modern translations, it was translated not from the Hebrew and Greek, but from the Latin into English. So you're adding one more agent in the telephone game that is not necessary to go from Greek to Latin. Namely, that agent is Latin. It was translated from the Latin to the English in 1582, the year 1582. So unless you speak 16th century English, you're going to miss a lot. One example of how not translating from the original language and also using an antiquated English can confuse readers is this. Listen to a couple of verses from the ESV about Abram and Sarai and Pharaoh in Genesis 12. And I think this is translated well because it's directly from the Hebrew. But listen to this. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, 
and for her sake he dealt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. Okay, now from Genesis 12, 16 on Pharaoh not knowing Sarai was Abram's wife, listen to how the Dewey Rhymes Bible translates 12, 16. And they used Abram well for her sake. And they used Abram well for her sake. That's very different from the NIV, which says he treated Abram well for her sake. Obviously, if you were reading the Dewey Rhymes Bible there, you'd have no idea what that means. Why would we have that word used if that's not what's going on? Well, probably because it's taken from the Latin. <laughs> Let's talk about the ESV or the RSV. This is the English Standard Version or the Revised Standard Version. If you see a CE at the end, it means it's the Catholic Edition. So the ESV CE is the English Standard Version Catholic Edition, which I use on my VLX series. And then, of course, RSV CE stands for Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. Let's talk about advantages to it. One of the advantages to the ESV or RSV is there are accurate translations as it kind of uses this middle road between formal and dynamic translations. Another advantage, it uses modern English. And remember the word Vulgate essentially means common tongue. So we do exactly what St. Jerome understood to be necessary for the common person, that average people understand it. Third advantage is it has all of the books of the Old Testament if you get the ESV CE or the RSV CE. A disadvantage of this Bible is it's not used at the Latin Mass or the English Mass, so you're kind of flying solo away from the liturgy with that translation. The NIV, the new international version used by most evangelicals, and there are some Protestants following the VLX series, so I'm including that here. Couple advantages to the NIV. One is the Protestant translators who tried to grasp the idioms actually believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. Another advantage, it reads as digestible to the modern mind. Disadvantage to the NIV is, like all Protestant Bibles, it is missing seven books in the Old Testament Tobit, Judith, the Book of Wisdom, Sirach, also called Ecclesiasticus, Baruch. 1st Maccabees, 2nd Maccabees, and also seven chapters in the book of Esther 4 and two chapters and a prayer in the book of Daniel 5. If you're interested in learning why there's a different canon for Catholics and Protestants, the best thing I would suggest to you is to Google 21 Reasons to Reject Sola Scriptura by Joel Peters. It gives an excellent explanation why nobody can take books out of the Bible and why not only the fathers, but even Jesus and the apostles held to those seven books being in the Old Testament. The NAB. This is the New American Bible. The advantage to it is that it is used in Mass and English in the United States and other places. The disadvantage to it is the footnotes will literally destroy your faith. I'm not exaggerating. The footnotes doubt the authority of the Bible, and they even doubt the miracles of the Bible. The footnotes in the NAB promoted, by the way, by the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, literally could have been written by a Universalist Unitarian. I actually have more in common with the NIV footnotes written by Protestants than the USCCB's NAB because at least the Protestants believe in the miracles of the Bible. So let's summarize everything today. The big debate in the biblical translation world is, do you want formal or dynamic translations? Again, it's basically a question of if you want word-for-word -word or thought-for-thought -thought translations. I personally prefer the more thought for thought, more than the word for word, 
because I can look at the Greek and study the words, but I may not know first century idioms. As I said, at the end of the day, though, every translation of any book, not just the Bible, loses something original in the translation. So there's no perfect translation for the Bible unless you were to say perfectly learn ancient Greek, which nobody probably on this planet has done, not even modern Greeks. Modern Greeks can probably get to 99.9% of understanding first century Greek that the Bible was written in, but still there's going to be idioms and even attitudes that were lost that were probably never written down. Just like you might have unbelievable experts of Shakespeare teaching, say, at Oxford, but I think a humble one of those would probably be the first to admit, unless they were literally living in 16th century England, there's even going to be a few things they wouldn't understand of Shakespeare. So again, in summary, informal translations of the Bible, like the DRB and the King James Version, those keep the specific words ironclad and watertight, which is great, but they lose the bigger sense of each sentence or idioms the translations like the ESV or the NIV keep. And my microphone just shorted out, so now I got the earbuds in. You wouldn't believe the spiritual attack I get, so please keep praying for me. Just a couple last thoughts. You know, as I have said before, I'm open to correction on this, but I think it's okay to take notes in your Bible to write the words that I give you in Greek above the English. This is another reason why I do the dynamic translation because we can study this specific formal word-to-word -word translation. So feel free to write those in, in your Bible, in Greek, whether that's in the Cyrillic or the Latin alphabet, if you like, and you're following along with your Bible. In any case, we'll see you next time for a meditation on another miracle of Jesus. God bless you all.